This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're coming to you slightly later this week. It's a Thursday night we're recording on because we have literally just been just down the road to the home of football, Griffin Park. We were down there watching the B team game where Brentford FC played Liverpool FC, B team sides. Good little crowd down there as well. Good little vibe. Nice little Thursday evening. As well, so we thought we'd pop down to the boozer after the match and discuss football as we do. And we're in a pub here that we've been to so many times, but we've actually never recorded a podcast here. We're in the Lord Nelson, which is down Enfield Road, just slightly north of Brentford. If you've never been here, you don't know anything about it. Wicked, wicked, wicked little boozer. We used to drink here for about, I don't know, 10 15 years, our regular boozer for. A period of time before we flipped over to the Globe and then we came back here and went to the Globe and then we came to Nelson and we back to the Globe again. But yeah, we used to drink here for 10 to 15 years when Di was the manager us here. We had great laughs here. We used to, they used to open up early. We used to have sort of like 50, 60 people here when it was illegal to be up here early. We used to be here before the QPR game, had a bit of a brunch with Bloody Marys. Then we got the open top bus up to QPR. We've done all sorts of malarkey from here. So it's really good memories here from the old Lord Nelson. I, thought, I mean, I've got good memories. Laney, have you got any good memories of the Lord Nelson at all? I've got fantastic memories of this place, mate. Um, as you say, Di, when she was the manageress down here, the burgers in here were legendary um, before the game. But probably my favourite all-time memory is after the Preston game when we got promoted to the Championship came we got we had a lock-in in this very pub with all the players um, we parted the night away and you know I had a stinking hangover the next morning but you know it was just um, it was an amazing um, Brentford night it was like um, in the 125 years book there's some there's some memories from the, the late 1800s where the basically the town and the players all came together and they all they all parted as one and it was like one of those nights where you know a lovely old Victorian pub and the, all the fans were in there and the players and there was a real community atmosphere and it was, it, it was one of those nights that made Brentford special so yes it's all um the Nelson's always got a special place in my heart and the beer's great as well beer is great as well so I mean I'm, I'm it's Billy Grant here and I've already introduced Laney who's given you his little Nelson vibe so you know Laney's inside the bar with me as well I've got back one of our old guests who's been on the podcast a couple of times before and he's enjoyed it so much he's asked to come back on again I've got the Grimesy the Royal Oak B Grimesy how are you doing I'm oh, very good, Bill. Thank you. I know that you've had quite a few fond memories of the Nelson, even though a few weeks ago when I met you inside here and we, we chatted away and a few days later when you went home, you didn't even realise that you'd been in the pub, did you? <laughs> I think I'd had one too many that night and uh, was falling asleep while you were doing the podcast So for the Forest game. That was quite funny when I look back on that. And the video was hysterical. Yeah, but this pub is... Uh, 
one of the two pubs really that I grew up um, drinking in with the Globe and here from, lots of fond memories from when I was 18, 17. Dave O'Brien, my old PE teacher. So, oh, that's for the police, by the way, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dave O'Brien, my, my old PE teacher at Gunsbury, used to live a few doors down. And um, uh, my first girlfriend lived on Enfield Road, and my second girlfriend lived on, on Eastbourne Road, just around the corner, and actually worked in here. So, um, yeah, lots of fond memories of the Lord Nelson. So, we've got a plotted history of the Royal Oak Bee and the, the Lord Nelson and his uh, illegal activity, his drinking activity when he was younger as well. We've got the Liberal Nick as well. Um, I don't suppose you've got any memories of the Nelson, or do you? I've had a couple of good nights in here, but I've got no memories of them because they were good nights. I reckon if you had a really good night, you shouldn't remember them. Okay, well, that's fair enough. Luke. Anyway, how are you doing? You had a good week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good week, good week. And uh, enjoyed this afternoon, enjoyed this evening's football, um, and looking forward to having a bit of a chat about it. Millions of memories from the Nelson, like I said to you, most of the mine I can't remember, and most of them have been really good. I remember there was one time, because the one thing we used to love about it, it had its, its own piano, and the old, it was like a proper old piano there, and every now after we had a few pints, I'd whip open the piano to start playing. And Still there. That's right, it, that's good as well, and I started to play uh, Give Me Hope, mm, Isaiah, Give Me Goals, Isaiah. So I was playing the old Goals, Isaiah, and everyone's crowding around, sort of singing along, and that character, the old archer from Hardfire, is there, sort of kind of singing along too, as well. Who's really happy? Then I think somebody probably whipped out a phone, and he must have run out the pub as fast as he could to, because he obviously it wasn't cool for him to be seeing sort of give me uh, sort of an Eddie, an Eddie Grant song in a, in a pub in Brentford. But anyway, listen, it's been International Week. It's been very, 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 very quiet this week. But that's not a, it's not a biggie because everyone needed to have their chill pill. But we're kind of coming very, very fast to a game at the weekend against Brighton, which we're going to be talking about later. So we're going to be going talking about Brighton, going to be talking to a Brighton fan about Brighton. We'll be discussing Brighton ourselves. But also, we're going to just be discussing a few things. You know, this podcast isn't going to be bumper-packed like the last one, which was absolutely mad. We're going to be just chatting about a few things that may be happening in and around Griffin Park. And also, we'll be talking about what happened at the B team game today. So let's 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 just let's just head over and have a little thought between ourselves as what's been happening in and around our club the last couple of weeks. Brentford FC. So what's happening? I mean it's been so quiet. I mean it's been quite relaxing over the international period. Like I said, people have just, you know, watched a bit of the England game, which is pretty average to be quite honest with you watched a bit of Wales probably watched a bit of Ireland which is quite exciting to be fair as well you know but at the end of the day it's like our hearts haven't been majorly fluttering and it's almost like you know over that international period we were looking for something to get us excited and uh, you know you, try, you know, sometimes you try and ignite that yourself but it's not you that ignites it. it's always that like somebody else sometimes just comes up with something and it just happened to be our good old friends up the motorway, up the M, um, up the M1 or M6, as you see it, Walsall. There's a Walsall blog called No Knobhead Policy. Um, I had to look into it to, to find out why is it called No Knobhead Policy, and apparently it's because Walsall were very, very proud that as a team they had a No Knobhead Policy with their players and their staff. So everyone that played for them and their staff and everything like that was never a knobhead. They were always very, meant to be very level-headed. The, ir- to be the irony, the irony <laughs> con- uh, considering what they write. <laughs> you know, so that's, that's, what, that's a score. So apparently, you know, that, that, that's the situation. So this guy's set up a podcast called The No Knobhead Policy, which reflect, you know, which talks about Warsaw. And this guy went on a proper rant, and you'll have to see it 
hopefully we'll be able to post this up tomorrow so if you look at the um, the, the description part of this podcast or look on besotted.co.uk or have a tw- look down our Twitter there's a blog by the No Knobhead Policy who goes into an absolute rant about the Brentford sale of Rico Henry from Warsaw to Brentford he's not happy at all to be fair it's like sometimes you look at these rants and it's just like really badly written and it's really rubbish it was quite well constructed it was quite well written but it was very bilious it has to be said and uh, to say that Warsaw aren't happy with us is probably an understatement which has come off from the back of the Wilgrig days and it's just carried on and on and they obviously had their fun in the FA Cup and this has gone on now and we've obviously bought Sawyers from them and now we've bought Rico Henry and it was the final straw so oh, and, the um, and, and we got their manager oh yeah sorry <laughs> okay he, he forgot about that he did mention the manager as well so yeah it's almost these things sort of go to the back of your mind so no knobhead policy man very very unhappy now I know Laney that you were uh, we tracked this story a little bit and uh <laughs> I Before I start, for, for the purposes of balance and, and, and editorial fair play, you know, we, 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 we do have we've had problems with other clubs nicking our players. You know, we used, Gillingham used to do it for a while. You know, we, we've 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 had we've had Burnley and Hull um, hatred all over Twitter when when they've been sniffing around our players. So so we're we're not sort of we're not sort of high and mighty when it comes to kind of. You know, blowing things out of proportion sometimes, but this guy, this guy does take the biscuit a bit. You know, he, he calls us a jumped-up lower division club who's stumbled across a sugar daddy, um, and he really does go into one about how Brentford have bought bought their success or bought their way out of the division, like like we're the only club that's you know that's that spent money on, on players, and you know, we, we've we, you know and I know we've we've done it in a in a in a decent way, and, and we've done it in a in a in, in a way that is about the long term um, success of our football club. It's not we haven't done it in a Derby County way or a Middlesbrough way where they just go and spend ten million pounds on players. You know, we we've we've done it in a in a modest way. Of course, we've upped our spending. And you see how much we money we're losing every year. It, sh- it shows you how much money we're spending. But, but, but interesting, sorry to interrupt you, because I'm, I'm just going to be a devil's advocate here. His argument was that, well, when you were in the same league as us in Division 1, you were like the big boys and the big spenders, and actually the spending that you had was obscene compared to the other teams, is what you're saying? He can feel that. I, I, I don't think that's true. I, 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 no, there's nothing about Brentford's model that's obscene. We did up, we did up the spending, but you, you have to, you have to, have to up, up it if you to get success. You know, I, it's, it's a very naive position he's, he's writing from. You know, but but, but he, he can argue that Burton Albion didn't up their spend massively and they got success. Possibly, there's, all, there, there's always there's always one or two clubs that come through, um, and you know we we need to we do I mean and it will link in with the B team tonight. You do have to link it with nurturing your own players. Um, I, I, I his his article is, is just just bile fueled really, and, and and Walsall fans have got a history on this. They 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 have got a hatred for Brentford, and this is what comes through loud and clear. And I find it quite amusing, if I'm being brutally honest, because you know we they are they are now our feeder club, um, and it's they, I just like to thank them for nurturing some good players. Um, you know they, they, they're doing football the, the football um, a service by by cultivating players that want to go on and do better. Yeah, 
lady actually took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say because Brentford, you know, are now the feeder club. Uh, uh, Walsall are now the feeder club for Brentford, and and Walsall should take that as a great compliment. The other thing is that if you're going to from Walsall to Brentford, you don't take the M1. You'd be really stupid to take the M1 because it would be a roundabout route. So you know, get your facts right. Get your facts right first about how you get to Brentford and then you can have the criticism well, you, you, you just never know I'm going to say to you I'm going to be devil's advocate and I'm going to say to you Paul like, if you were a Beast fan right and all of a sudden you were like and, and you've got the Reading boy come over to you and go thank you very much Brentford you're our feeder club wouldn't that rile you a little bit though? No, that would rile me a lot but what, what's more concerning for me as a Brentford fan is that we're happy that Walsall are our feeder club um, because they're not exactly uh, a club that's renowned for uh, sending players into the top flight in, a, in, in their droves. I mean, they're not a crew Alexander uh, type of um, uh, set up under Dario Gradi. And you know, they're, they're close, close enough to crew. Maybe they've got a similar setup to what crew have in a similar area with a similar influx of players. But you know, let's not get carried away with this feeder club thing. With their manager and two players, and or well, three players, you include Grieg, and Grieg was awful for us. We, you know, we basically sent him careful, away. Careful, so. talking to his agent. Yeah, please, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carry, say what you have to, but be very, very careful here, because I well, might see you. Funny enough, Dave mentioned it earlier on about the party in here, and I spoke to Will Grigg, and I asked him where he'd be playing next year, and he said, anywhere but Higgs. And I said, why do you, did you... And I, I said, you know, do you not think that we were, you know, a good club? And so like, he said, no, absolutely. He said, I'm just shit. <laughs> that's, that's exact words to me. Was he, he thought he wasn't good enough to go... Up to the next level, and I was astounded. Was astounded. He even with ten bites of Guinness on me, I was astounded. Yeah. So uh, he, he was drunk then. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't on fire. He wasn't on fire that night. I can tell. Yeah. But, uh, so listen. Allegedly, Will Griggs said that he wasn't necessarily up to the mark on that particular day. But you know, you can't take what he said because Brentford had just got promoted, and he was a little bit sozzled. But um. Allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. Uh, according to the Grimesy. <laughs> yeah. He just didn't think he was playing well that season, you know. Just coming back to this, you know, the Walthall scenario. And, I mean, it's interesting because I said Dean Smith. I mean, you've got to laugh at Dean Smith because he just, like, I mean, he like, he think, does he get upset? He doesn't get upset about this at all. You know, we get Walsall fans coming down, creating flags with ginger, you know, the ginger Judas and all this kind of stuff. And he laughs it all off. But 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 seriously, I mean, I, 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 I looked at that blog, right, and I, and I looked at myself and I just thought, how have we got ourselves into this position of super, I mean, it's almost like the Orient scenario. We turn up in Orient and next minute we're like public enemy number one and we're like thinking, how does how this happen? Actually, it's pretty simple. Like, we, we've moved on and they haven't and, and, it, and it, it, does, it does annoy and, and I'm, I'm glad it's us because we've seen it so many times where we're the ones that have stood still where other clubs have moved on. You know, this, this is our, in relative terms, this is our, this is our time. Um, whether we go on to another stage, who, who the hell knows at this at this moment? But you know, we we aren't we aren't that kind of plucky loser. What two decent games a season, Brentford anymore? It's a it's a week in week out, you know, um, roller coaster of of, 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 of fun. <laughs> To be fair, there is one very good line in this blog, which I think we ought to end the discussion on, which is, he writes, Brentford, 
a club who, if they are lucky, may one day be allowed to put an under-23 team in the Checker Trade Trophy. I think that's a good line. <laughs> Actually, you know, we, we, we're really, we're lo- yeah, yeah, we're really, we're really looking forward to um, playing in the Trick or Trade Trophy again. It has to be said, there probably wouldn't be as many fans at that Checker Trade Trophy match as there were tonight at the, um, the, the, the B-team game against Liverpool where there are 650 fans. But that is another question. But listen, guys. Um, on, the, on that note, you know, i just say that the score of Liverpool's two goals tonight has just left the pub in the background. With his family. Oh, is it? So the Liverpool scorer, what was his name again? Yeah, um, Woodburn. Wood, yes, Woodburn, who's a 16-year-old, very, very good player. Ben Woodburn. Ben Woodburn, 16-year-old, very, very good player. He came and he came on, sub in the second half, turned the game to a, set, to a certain extent, and um, you know, yeah, and to, to a certain extent, he, you know, and he's a very, very good player, and he's left the pub. Probably because he's 16 and he's not allowed to drink. Well, <laughs> but, Will Grigg depressed him. <laughs> anyway. He did scoff some food before he went. Anyway, we're going to also talk about, because it's interesting, we saw a little note, just a little sort of kind of nonchalant note that was put out there, that, you know, the loan window's shut, the signing window's shut. However, it still doesn't stop you from doing a few other things if you want to pick up players. And we noticed that there is an an ex-Real Madrid player actually training with Brentford at the moment. We thought, hold on a second here, what's going on there? There's a player called uh, Mohamedou Diara. You remember him? He used to play for Fulham a couple of seasons ago when they were in the Premier League. Um, he also played for Real Madrid. He also played for Lyon. He's played for a whole load of big teams. He's quite old now, relatively, but still 35 years old. Um, but he's experienced, he's a centre midfield player and he's training with Brentford now. Now we thought this is quite interesting because, you know, if he's training with Brentford, does that mean that he's training with them? Or does that mean that they're thinking, hold on a second mate, you know, would you like to play a few games for us? You're out of contract and maybe you could do a job for us. He's playing centre midfield or, or maybe you can actually give a little bit of your experience as you play for Real Madrid and all these other teams to all these other players. Brentford are quite a young side. We've got players who are very much learning and, and we need a bit of experience. So is this something that might help us? I'm just looking, thinking this is quite interesting. Um, these are out-of-contract players. Is this this free agent thing, is this something that might look at our favour? Because at the moment, like, Nicholas Bittner, he's just signed for Forest. So, I mean, you know, free agent. They're probably going to pay him whatever money, but they have to pay him any fee and he's quite old and you don't know what the contract is. It might be three months or six months or whatever. You know, you had Flamini who went to Palace as well. He was an out-of-contract player, a free agent as well. So is this something where Brentford might be flipping and thinking, actually, this may help us now because in the transfer market, things have changed a little and maybe we might need to bring these players, these experienced players in to help us out. Like stick him on like a zero hours contract kind of thing. <laughs> I don't think we can actually stick him on a zero hours contract because I don't think that he would, you know, he's happy to train with us, you know, for zero hours, but to actually play football for us, I think it might cost us a bit of, bit of dough. Well, it's sort of cost as much, it's just going to non-contract basis, same as Ledesma, the player we've got earlier on. Um, and he could be, he could be, um, is he French speaking? So, could be a link with Maxine Collin there. Is there any kind of link to the? Well, it was Maxine Collin that was linked into him in the first place. Right. Okay. So, that, uh, so I'm thinking maybe there's there's a link there, and also you know it could be a very good you know uh, hand on the tiller for a young player like Ryan Woods to get to get you know that kind of experience, uh, you know, training with him. Uh, I see another name that's in the list as well that's uh, just been released by Forest uh, as as a result of them signing. Um, uh, Bentner. Bentner, and that's Dexter Blackstock. Oh, yeah. 
And without a shortage of forwards, is that a, is that a possible signing that we might be able to have a look at getting him to come along and train with the club? I think you owe Matthew Benham an apology, Billy, because you just compared him to Mike Ashley then, actually. And there is no comparison whatsoever, you know. So, Matthew, apologies on behalf of the besotted web. Uh, yeah, no, I said that. I said, there's no way you're going to do zero hours, didn't I? Yeah, well, yeah, you were implying that we no. would, might have him no. on a zero hours. No, 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 I didn't, did I? No. Pay attention, the liberal. Yeah, yeah the liberal. Look, any excuse. First of all, you're ginsters. You, you know, you're having a go at ginsters. The next minute, it's, it's, oh, it's us. Oh, but, I, but I've won the Kingsters because people will be pleased to see that the next time they go down to Griffin Park they have changed their sexist advertising it now just encourages you to eat one of their disgusting pastries rather than saying that only if you're a man can you eat one of their pa- pasties so you know we've got no problem on that score let's but however bring it back to the loan deal bring it back to the loan deals um, you know if you want another ex-Fulham player Berbatov's also on a free you know Dimitri Berbatov put him out there well, Bentner, Bentner was rubbish. Berbatov, you know, stronger <laughs> Bentner was, was rubbish. You know, it's, it's, there's always there's always a, like a relatives kind of sort of field thing that you're sort of kind of playing there, isn't Bentner, Bentner was actually rubbish. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> he was rubbish at the Premier. League. Yeah, exactly. Saying <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's a relative thing that's going on there. Prove that he's rubbish in the championship. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the serious point is though, you know, if 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 we are, you know, if Diara were to play, um, it would take the place of someone like. Ryan Woods, I, 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 you know, would, would, would he, would, you know, we, we can't, we, we can't have mercenary players, but if there are... No, it's players, not a mercenary. No, no, I'm saying we can't have mercenary players, but if there are players, well, he's, 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 he's either been too expensive or he's fallen out somewhere else, this is why he's on it, he's, this is why he's on his own. So, you know, if, he, if he's of use, then... Uh, hopefully, the, the people that are making the decisions can judge that. But I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't like to have him in at the expense of a, a young, promising player coming through um, and, and, and nicking five games off of them. I disagree. I disagree. I mean, I think the two young players we've got, Yanaris and uh, and Ryan Woods, could both do with uh, an experienced player with fantastic. Discipline, and I'm guessing if you played with Real Madrid, you've got a abundance of ability, and you know when to to bomb forward and when to sit and do absolutely nothing and protect your two centre halves. He's played for Fulham as well. Though. He has played for Fulham as well, but you know he's you know is it a step back a backward step? Maybe, but I could see him having you know a very good influence on two good young players, and which we've got Yanaris and. Woods and and if, and if one of those two were to get injured and we had a player like that on a non on a on a non not a non contract but a short term contract um, sitting in the wings playing with them training with them to step in and take their place would that be a bad thing overall for the club I don't think so yeah I mean I agree it's the experience and I think we're lacking experience and he he would be somebody who'd be sitting on the bench and you might want to bring in on you know on the last ten minutes or whatever but it's being in and around the club imparting the knowledge and the experience that he's built up over the years at, at you know at big clubs with, in big game situations what he can bring to Brentford could be worth it if he's prepared to if he's prepared to drop down a level and, and pay as he's played well it's interesting as well because and this is the question we're saying because Brentford obviously got a very strict policy we've got a level of player that we wanted to sign you know we're going to only sign a player 
up to a certain amount of, of, of fee up to a certain amount of wages. If it's over a particular wage, we ain't going to sign them, you know, which is interesting. It's obviously knocked a lot of players out. We actually bought in, but all of a sudden, well, I'm just wondering whether or not the policy's changed a little bit as well as to, you know, and also the age of the player. If you notice, we're very, 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 very young. We won't buy a player who's 28, 29, 30, 31, you know. That's just not our thing at all. But interesting, we had a Ledesma who was training with us as well, and we had a good look at him. And uh, from what I can gather, we never sort of said no to him, but he went up to another team because he was waiting for us to make our mind up. So all of a sudden, has a policy changed a little bit where we're thinking, well, actually, maybe we can actually look at these free agent type players where they're, they're not necessarily as big a load as signing somebody on a full term basis for two or three or three seasons, but actually they might add to our team. Brentford have got a, a fairly mixed record of bringing in sort of very experienced players who've played at the top level. Um, we, I remember we bought in Paul Davis, didn't we? That was terrible. That was terrible. That, that didn't quite work out. He, did he play one game? Um, you know, the, the, similar kind of players, players that have played at the very top of the British football. And, I'll, I'll and, some more recent oh, well, I was going to say, I actually spoke to Paul Davis about his time at Brentford um, after, after, I mean, a few years afterwards. And if I remember rightly, he said to me he couldn't believe it. It was just too fast. It was too fast for him. And I think he thought he was going to come down there, have an easy life. And he saw the game going 100 miles an hour, and it was just too much for him. But, but there were other, I mean, like Perryman, he, he, you know, he was, he was, I know he came as player manager, but he, 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 he adapted. Um, Ron Harris, there was Mickey Droy, um, uh, what was the Lee? Um, Colin Lee, um, Javi Ventner, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> you know Graham Ricks. What about linking to, to, linking to more recent times? And, and I'm, I'm being naughty here, I know someone's going to pick up on it, but um, didn't we once sign Lee Thorpe? Uh, as an experienced player and John Mackey as an experienced player isn't there a link to the current setup for who signed those two players oh well yeah, well, yeah again you know and we, this yeah they were obviously seen to be a benefit at the time but I mean you know I don't think they were obviously scouted particularly well so listen, I mean that's that that is one of the things that happened as we say the awkward moment as we kind of start to move on here. Um, we've got people around the table with all sorts of different opinions and views, and this is the whole thing about this podcast. We get people with all sorts of different opinions and views, and we move on. And that's what Brentford is all about. But listen, I mean, we just thought we'd have a little discussion, like I said, about free agents, and we should see how it pans out, because the good thing about it is that free agents could come in at any time, and maybe we might be just strengthening and putting a little bit of experience into our side. So let's see how that goes in the next few weeks. But now, we're going to talk about the match that we saw tonight. Brentford had Liverpool come down to Griffin Park under the lights to try and see if they can beat the mighty, mighty bees. How did they get on? I really enjoyed it. I, I, I was really surprised, actually. I, I really enjoyed the night. And what, what was good was some of the, the former youth team players were probably the ones that stood out. I thought James Ferry was a really interesting player, really excellent. So there's some, there's some good signs there. No, I think what you want from them is six, seven or eight players that you know you can put on the bench when you need them. And, and that, I think that's the whole point of it, isn't it? Instead of having a youth team where they've still got a couple of years to develop before you can actually use them, these players, they should be available for the first team on the bench when, when, we, when we need them. So 
I think that's the point of it, and you can see that it could work. Oh, I thought their football was quite good. The first half was very entertaining. They kept the ball on the ground and played some really nice football. Although it did get a bit lost in the source of the second half, they tended to um, lose their way a little bit. No, I thought that Manny Honoracy played quite well in the first half. Um, the number three, whose name I'm not even going to try to pronounce, Ilias. Yeah, he looked quite useful as well. Nobody else really stood out for me. I thought they all played really well in the first half. Um, interesting to see our players, interesting to see their players. I thought a couple of our players played um, exceptionally well. Nice to see Barbe getting through the game. Um, I also thought, he says, referring to his uh, programme, I thought the lad um, Manny at the back I thought he was very good um, that's Manny Onorassi thank you very much it that, was indeed the old uh, West Ham player yes, that we got West, West Ham, Ham player um, I thought uh, interesting Jan Holdak the position he was playing in again we've seen Jan play in different positions yeah. we've seen him play as a as full back we've seen yeah. him play in centre midfield yep. and now he was sort of playing just behind the man at the front yeah. wasn't he? That, that was a strange one for me I think he's much better in midfield um, but you know it, it, it was good uh, again, Liverpool, they made the change and uh, was it number 14, I think, got the, the two goals. And, good player. Uh, good player, yeah. Um, and the other fella, number eight, I think I've been told he's been on the fringes of the first team, Brannigan. Cameron Brannigan has been on the fringes of the first team. So, yeah, no, it was good. Enjoyed it. Uh, good game. It was, um, strange to see it finish with penalties. I'm not quite sure what it was intended to do. But first goal was great, well taken. And um, it seemed to get a bit messy towards the end of the second half. We had too many subs coming on. It was difficult to see which way the game was flowing. It was a game of two halves, wasn't it? Nice roll out of the cliche. <laughs> no, it was, it was good. I thought we looked solid in the first half. And uh, I even said Barbie. It was, uh, it was good to see him play. Good to see him do 19 minutes. So, you I mean, you're impressed? You think some of the players will come through? Any players you think might come through? Um, I thought, well, I thought, you said, I thought Alves looked good. Um, was it Elias, uh, left-back? Left-back. First half he looked good. He got he got a bit punished in the second half, but he looked good first half. So, overall, impressed? Yeah, yeah impressed. It was a good game. Over 650 people there tonight, which was fabulous. Uh, goes, to show what, goes to show what happens when you open the doors and let people in for free and, and you get good quality opposition down. Uh, one, two, two very good goals, one each. Two very silly goals, one each. Uh, you know, uh, Bonham didn't come from something glory for the for the for the first, but um, it was worth the penalty. But it was worth coming along for the shootout actually, just just to see that absolute tool of a goalkeeper for Liverpool come on and make a complete prat of himself. It was uh, an amazing piece of entertainment watching hit all his uh, gamesmanship, which uh, was all for nothing in the end. So it was. Uh, he kind of does what some teams do when they stand in front of the goalkeeper before free kicks as well, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, I wouldn't know about that. I, I, I have no idea what you're talking about, Billy. <laughs> and any players sort of uh, shone out for you? Uh, yeah, Ferry. Uh, central midfield number six uh, Ferry he's a lot bigger than I last time I saw him for the under 18s he, uh, he got stuck in and, and really ran the show in the first half I thought uh, Shebu looked really good up front as well before he pulled his hamstring after doing a really amazing uh, uh, run that uh, had their defence frightened uh, I just thought yeah we've got some good we got some good pace in that team we've got some uh, good width and, and I thought we kept the ball really well in the first half got tired as it went on uh, but solid first 45 I thought we were excellent so I uh, know, but very best player. Griffin Park, under the lights. Liverpool were down there today. Star-studded sides. Well, not necessarily star-studded, but potentially future star-studded side of Liverpool. 
Very, very, very good academy. Very, very good B team. So Liverpool came down to Griffin Park to play against the mighty, mighty Bs. As we know, our academy was disbanded a few months ago with a concentration on signing players up to a B team so that they can actually put them in the sides and hopefully progress some of these players into the main team. We thought it's a really, really good opportunity to have a go down to Griffin Park today and have a look to see what our potential future Brentford players are going to look like. So we went down there as well as another 650 fans or probably another 647 fans or 46 because there's four of us there that went down to Griffin Park to go and check out what was happening at the game tonight. And uh, I'll be honest with you, we were actually quite impressed. Lovely evening, really good atmosphere. Is Again, you know what we like. You know, we like the, the, the vibe that people are down there there for the football. There was no moaning. People were just like... They're very, 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 very interested in Brentford, seeing what was happening, trying to just take it all in. Very positive, very good vibes. And yeah, I, I like those kind of evenings when you go to football. Where it's almost like there's nothing resting on it and, and everyone's in it together, if that makes a lot of sense. So, uh, you know, hopefully Brentford will hold a, a few more of those. Probably not every week, but, you know, if they do it every two or three months or so, I think I'll definitely pop down there to go and see it because it's a definitely good vibe. Anyway, Brentford... Decent side they put out there. Players like Jack Bonham, who we've known for a while. He's been a sort of kind of B-team C, B-C, sort of second-in-line, third-in-line goalkeeper. He was in goal there as well. We had uh, other players in there, a guy called Ilias. Uh, I can't say his surname, and you have to apologise, but I'll try as hard as I can. He's Chats Theodorus. Chats. Chats Theodorus. 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 yeah. That's it. Yeah. So he was playing at left back. Um, we had Manny Onirasi at centre back. Uh, he was the guy that we signed from West Ham. Barbe as well. He's been out injured for a while. He came in and it was, I think it's his first game that he's played for a while as well. So he came out, played 90 minutes there as well. We had a couple of players from the Milk Cup side that won the Milk Cup in 2012. We had James Ferry and Helson of Elvis playing in the side as well. And then we had players that are, everyone's saying they may or may not make it, may or may not make it. We had Zane Westbrook, Jan Holbeck, sorry, Jan Holdak, who a lot of fans have seen in pre-season. He's played at right back. He's played in the midfield. He's playing a different role this time. He was actually playing just behind the forwards, which was very interesting. Reese Cole and the Justin Schaber, who we signed recently from, from Denmark, I think is where we signed him from. So he actually started on the side as well. So a very, very interesting side from Brentford. And Liverpool had a load of players that, to be quite honest with you, we had no idea who they were before the game. But um, after the game, we had a fair good idea because they had a few players that seem to have woken up now guys around the table here I mean what were your impressions of this game for me the impressions were Brentford really good first half they looked really impressive Liverpool looked like they were probably under the weather and just weren't doing the business in the first half whether or not it's a style of football we played and uh, it just held them back but we were so much in control in that in, in that first half it was great um, but it was as the cliches go it was a game of two halves and uh, after we flipped things around a little bit and they brought substitutes in the second half uh, the game changed a little bit. Laney, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think I think you, the way you you summed it up pretty well. Actually, I thought for the first fifty-five minutes, Brentford were the, you know the, 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 the far the strongest team. Um, they really impressed me. The, the attacking, um, the, the the crispness of the passing, um, the, the vision, the confidence on the ball, the the the, the weight and the measurement of the passing from from most of the players. A couple, a couple of them took ten or fifteen minutes to get into the pace of the game. Um, but 
Brent, Brentford looked like they confused Liverpool. We 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 were we interchanged. Um, we we were on the front foot for as I said almost the first hour. We we looked like we tired. Um, we subbed a few players off, and that seemed to confuse issues. We, we, Liverpool looked, finished the, the stronger team. Bonham's Bonham made a, a, a clangor, which which gifted them the first their first goal. They equalised um, shortly afterwards. This Ben Woodburn, he, he did look really special. Um, and then we won it on penalties, which was a surprise to pretty much all of us because we didn't know there were any. Um, and then they brought a goalkeeper. They subbed a goalkeeper on um, in the right where well, it was. There was there was no more time to play, so they, they, they subbed a goalkeeper in the last second. What, what was his name? His name was Andy Firth, and he came on and he and he and he made a complete idiot of himself. I'm going to ask the question as well. This Andy Firth character who came on in the. Like, like three seconds before the end of the game obviously they brought him on because he was an experienced goalkeeper and they thought hold on we need an experienced goalkeeper to save these penalties um, we haven't done had time to do research because we come straight for the game to here but I'd be interested for anyone to find out whether or not this Andy Firth character is like a proper top class goalkeeper or because he looked older than the, the, the guy who was, uh, who was on who looked about 15 wasn't he? Yeah, and he came on and he was he was sledging the players that were coming up to take them. He was he was doing a bit of a grobbler, if I'm honest with you. He was like doing the wobbly knees and kicking his studs against the post, and he was he was taking it a little bit too seriously. He also was coming straight up to the players, playing the penalty and standing in front of them, uh, kind of like what we do for free kicks, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. He made an ass of himself. <laughs> Uh, apparently, he's been with Liverpool since he was 11 years old. He's a Yorkshire, Yorkshire, Yorkshire-born player who's came, comes from Ripon in North Yorkshire. Lovely, uh, lovely, Ripon. lovely, lovely part of the world. And um, yeah, is now the the, the under-23 keeper for for Liverpool. But uh, as people, well, but he's in the under-23 team. But as people say, he's 19. Yeah. He's a he's a knobhead. Um, you know, and Brentford though should take credit the B team you know I mean the last uh, the last uh, team that uh, Liverpool beat uh, we, you know we're better than Milan AC Milan Liverpool uh, beat AC Milan on penalties they couldn't beat the Brentford B team on penalties you know all those years ago a bit, do you think it's a bit tenuous there, Nick? Very tenuous, very tenuous. Son. But, you know, we've got to, got to pad out this podcast somehow because there ain't much news around. Two, two things is that um, actually in the last two games we've seen uh, on opposition teams, we saw when we went to Exeter, we saw uh, Ampadu, who is 16 years old and has definitely got a future. Well, he was 15, wasn't he? Well, he was 15 when he played. I think he's just turned 16, but got a really good future, really good future in the game. And I think credit should go to somebody Paul Grimes mentioned earlier, is Ben Woodburn, who was apparently in the Nelson earlier, um, obviously having an orange juice. But I think he's got some future, whether it's with Liverpool or another team, but he looked really impressive. So, so Ben Woodburn, who, who's Ben Woodburn? Where did he play? What did he do? Ben, Wood, ben Woodburn was, was the Liverpool, uh, came on as a substitute for Liverpool in the second half and scored the, scored the two goals, almost got a hat-trick. He was a, you know, he, he looked an all-round good player and has obviously got potential, whether it 16 years old as well 16 years old whether it'll be for Liverpool he'll probably you know probably sadly he'll probably end up as a leading player in a championship club but you never know he already captains Wales in his his group in his age group he already captains Wales in his age group so it's you know he's been recognised um you know, if he wants, he wants first team football. He's a, he's a team in West London that might be interested. 
He's been desca- he's been described as the next a- a- Aaron Ramsey, so Aaron Ramsey, so it, so it could be. Um, I think in our summary we were a bit kind. I'm afraid, you know, let's be cruel. Is that um, Bonham did fluff that goal? It was a serious fluff. There's okay, a- just just describe the goal because is the two one um, Brentford two 0 up. There, Liverpool came back to two one with a pretty good goal actually. To be honest with you, and then um, the the. Woodburn got the ball, edge of the area, turned around, did really well, and then he turned around, and then he curved the ball, and we could see the curve going in, and Bonham did dive. Now, it seemed to have taken, was it, it took a bounce? It took a bounce, and it just bounced over him, and in the back of the net, didn't it? Yeah, that's a good summary, but I'm sorry if you are if you are a goal, goalkeeper. It didn't, you know, it wasn't an unlucky bounce. It was a bounce you should have covered, you know, but, you know. Um, I, uh, yeah, let's not be, do, be too harsh on the player. Um, the other, I think that Ferry and Alves, I was really impressed with. Ferry, I thought, um, played a really good game. He looked... Where did Ferry play? He played at the back, and he was where in the back, where the back, well, you know, holding midfield, and he was looking for, he was always looking for the passes, and I thought that he was always coming forward. He made some intelligent moves and made some intelligent passes, and I was really impressed because it's the first time that I'd seen him play for a while. I, I agree. I, I, I thought he started nervously, um, Ferry, but I, I, I thought he grew into the game, and he, he certainly grew in stature in terms of. Um, his dominance of the Brentford midfield. I was really impressed with the the four guys who, for me, were the midfield, which was Ferry, Reese Cole, the captain's Zane Westbrook, and Holdeck, who was dropping into the false nine, number ten kind of slot. And I thought the four of them looked like they have played together for some time, and they have. They've played plenty of games together. And I think uh, the, the, there was some outstanding performances from at least three of the four of those guys, with perhaps Reese Cole, perhaps having the the week of the of the of the four of them in terms of the, the game. There was also some good performances tonight. Alves didn't disappoint, and and after he went off, um, I think Shaibu uh, was was terrorising uh, one of their fullbacks uh, and looked like he could beat three players on his own, which was quite good. Um, I didn't see a lot of the, the right-back uh, Talbro because he was on the far side first half, but others who were kind of looking out for him because they've seen him before thought he had a good game. And, and I thought that the left-back, and we've been, we, we, we seem to be doing well in the left-back area with um, Field Tom Field coming through before him, but I thought Illy, and we'll call him Theo um, uh, for short, uh, I thought he had a, a particularly interesting game. I quite liked the look of him, and, and it was just a shame that... Uh, Bonham wasn't at his best and, and Barbe was coming back from injury, which uh, I thought he, another player who grew into the game made a few mistakes, which you'd probably expect with his rustiness, but um, I thought he grew into the game and, and was quite very, very strong. I agree with Dave, 60, 60 minutes, 65 minutes of the game, I thought we were the better side against the Liverpool side and I didn't really have, you know, I was looking out for, I was looking out for Irish players and they had a Kelleher and a Whelan and a Maguire and a Brannigan. And, uh, and I wasn't really impressed with any of their their players until uh, Woodburn came on. Um, there was a guy, Jan Dander, at number 11, who I, little snippets of brilliance that he looked quite good. And their number 10, uh, Adam Phillips, could have been Coutinho in disguise, the way that he played, but perhaps without the, the ability. But uh, after we started making the substitutions, and particularly after that first goal, um, I thought Brentford lost a little bit of discipline and shape. And I think in the end, that's probably what cost them the, the actual win on the night and the, the game going to 2-2. Two, two. 
I think um, what a lot of Brentford fans. Well, I, th- I think there was, as you said, 650 fans turned up tonight, and people would have, a lot of people would have come just to, as you said, Bill, just to absorb it, just to just to see what's going on. But there's kind of this, it's almost like two tiers to what a B team should be providing. Obviously, there's the youth coming through, um, but more importantly, it's kind of feeding into the first team. And and you know, there, there's a lot of Brentford. F- players there that were exciting and, and I, I really do genuinely think that there, there are some first team potential there. Of, of the immediates of, of, of the ones that are kind of ready for the first team and could be on the subs bench on, on Saturday, um, obviously Barbe, we know, we know about Barbe you know, um, he, 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 you know we were talking before he seemed to start slowly but he was head and shoulders above, above a lot um, but this um, Chatsy Theodoridis, I think he is a left back who could. I reckon he, he, he could he could contend already. I think it was enough Very about. He's, he's young, but I think I think he could be on the subs bench, and he and he and he. I I I, I, I could see him playing in the championship. There's three players ahead of him in that, in that left back foot. You know, Tom Field even is that injured. The lad we've signed from Leicester, um, uh, Callum. Uh, Elder, yeah, and and now obviously Rico Henry. You know, even if Rico Henry plays in front of Callum uh, Elder, um, you know they're, they're still ahead of him, uh, and he's very young, the, the Ilias kid. But I think he's got some time to go. But, but saying that, um, the uh, Callum Elder will probably not be here at the end of, of next of the, of the season because Leicester may or may not we may or may not buy him so all of a sudden you've got Rico Henry who's just come in and then you've got Field so all of a sudden this young player may be in and, in and around the team yeah, in a year's time definitely he looks, he looks like one who could develop like Tom Field is and I, as you know from before I like Tom Field a lot what I would say about the, the players who I think could make the first team bench at the moment if you think about our centre half options at the moment we've got loads of cover on the left hand side with John Egan with Bielend with, uh, with uh, uh, Barbe um, what we don't seem to have is cover for Harley Dean on the right-hand side, and and I think Chris Meppham is is uh, uh, an absolutely he's he's absolutely right now did, did for really yeah. But I've seen him before, and I uh, I think he's he's right now for a bit of a run on the bench to get some experience and to maybe come in and challenge for that right-hand side slot because we need somebody on that right-hand side that's that's pushing Harley because. Otherwise, we're going to end up having two left-sided centre-halves playing if Harley's out injured. I think I said this last week, or somebody, it might have been Matt, said it last week, but Rico Henry actually has probably not been signed as a left-back. I think he's been signed as a, as, as a left centre, centre, you know, left, left, wing-back, left wing-back. That, that's the phrase I'm looking for. The other thing just quickly wanted to say is that um, the B team this year, playing friendlies all the way through, we're not playing in a competitive league. And what I really would urge the club to do is if they are setting up a range of good games against teams like Liverpool, and, you know, there must be a load of other B teams out there, hold them, have the games at Griffin Park, and as much as possible, play them in the evenings as well, so people can come down and see them. Don't stick them down the Jersey Road training ground at 1.30 in the afternoon, but stick them, stick them into Griffin Park on, a, on an evening, and allow 600 people to come along and see the future of Brentford, and indeed see the future of players from other teams, because it cannot be any harm to, for those players to be playing in front of a crowd as well. I mean, and again, I mean, I know that you sort of uh, had a little bit of a moment a couple of weeks ago saying we can't see the B team play, but and the fact is, I did think that 
they did have the information up, and they did have the information up when you did have the moan a couple of weeks ago, Nick, about this match. It's been up for about sort of three or four weeks that they were going to be playing Liverpool, and also we're playing Burnley in a couple of weeks, and I think we're playing maybe QPR or somebody else like that. They're both at Jersey Road, and they're both on a Thursday, but the fact is, for me, I'm thinking, is that I'm not going to come to a B-team game every single week, but if they put a B-team game on every two or three months, I'll probably come down, and I think that's probably you've got to pick and choose the games to come down as a sort of showcase game for the characters. Bill, I... You might be right, but and uh, you know, I but I did search actually on 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 the the website for the B team fixtures, and they are not they are not they easily, are. well. It's not it's nothing's easy to find on the website, easy. but that's a that's a different scenario altogether. Well, yeah, okay, but it's it, it, you know it you know the the answer is let let's have a criticism. The website should be better, and you should be able to find the B team fixtures. You go to the fixture list, you cannot find the B team fixtures, and let's fix that, please. Yeah. Okay. Nick, Nick's fixed Kingsters. He's going to fix the website. Nick's got his, his, his orange, his, his yellow hat on now and his, his spanner. And he's been walking around the pub. And the pub manager's just telling him to get out because he's like telling him what to do. But <laughs> it's not a problem. But listen, guys, I'm just, just quickly. We've talked about the B team now. And I'm just asking you because we, we, there's a bit of an issue that we've had. Um, we've had a bit of an issue here with Brentford. Okay, Brentford were meant to be signing maybe two or three players this window. We didn't sign probably as many players as we wanted to, but we're happy because we got, you know, Kai Kai and then Henry Henry, but he's injured, okay? So maybe we're probably one or two players short that's short. So you've got to look elsewhere. We've already looked at the out-of-contract player. We might get an out-of-contract player from somewhere as well. But also the B team is obviously very... It's becoming more and more important to us as a club. You guys here, let's be completely and utterly honest. You've come out here today because part of the reason why is you, you didn't want to have a bit of a put your feet up and have a bit of a laugh. You're also having a look seeing what's going on with our club here. Is this, is this a bit of the future? I'm asking you, do you think you saw there today anything that, that this might be the way forward where this may actually make a really, really solid contribution to Brentford in the future? Because if it does, it's going to solve a lot of problems for us, isn't it? If you think back to the old, I mean, the old days, going back to when... When I'm 50 this month, and going back to when I was 14, 15, Brentford didn't have an academy. They had a youth team, but it wasn't anywhere near the kind of youth team that we've got now. But, you know, we had a first team and we had a reserve team. And that's what we're talking about now, although the squads are bigger uh, now than what, they, the, the, uh, than what they were then. And I think tonight, again, Holdak showed that this lad has got some ability. And... If his um, if his fitness levels and and uh, everything else is is in the right place, I think he's definitely one for the first team. I've said Chris Mepham, you know, is 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 ready for a, a run at challenging Harley, um, and I think there was one or two there tonight. And I, I do I, I like this idea of taking the money from the uh, uh, academy and putting it towards the first team. B team squads and, and making sure that we've got a bigger pool of players available to the manager. I, I think um, some 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 reserve teams or B teams really are kind of just filled with players that just allow one or two players to evolve. I think what we what we saw tonight was um, a, a very very strong Brentford B team. Um, there was this talent all the way through it, um, and I really, I really do think that there's genuine first team potential there for the future. I, I saw four or five players that could probably go into the, or at least, at least be on the bench 
for the first team tonight. So you know, that, that's a growing, growing club with with, with growing players, and, and the the other the rest of them will no doubt grow grow with time and the knowledge that uh, people like Kevin O'Connor and. Um, the others will will um, impart into them. So you know, yeah, I, the B team has got to be a good idea, and we can we're not to worry about it. So again, I mean, so as opposed to the B team to the, I mean, the, the B team as and this is not I'm not because I'm not saying one or the other, but what is the difference now? I mean, you've turned up for a B team today. What's the difference between now and six or eight months ago when you used to go to quite a lot of academy games? What is the difference for you? Uh, the difference is the difference is that the players look to be playing the same system as the champ, as the uh, first team. So that were they required, were we to face a massive injury crisis, they wouldn't be um, all out of place. But, but that was meant to be the academy. But Mad Academy was meant to do that, weren't they? Y- yeah, but they, they they just looked they just looked more professional. It's, it's hard to put your finger on it. I can't I can't quite sum it up easily in in, in words. But but tonight. It looked like a team that was more pushed into, not pushed into, um, that that, that fitted in, moulded, moulded into into what the club was looking for in terms of a player who could possibly play for the Brentford first team. Okay, well this is this is interesting, and we're not going to come back to this because this is just early days yet. But interesting B team thoughts, players that are signed up to contracts to obviously get into the first team. People are having a look at it. They're thinking, okay, it's interesting. We think these players might make it, but we never know because three or four months' time, it may not really happen. So we'll come back to this in the end. But fair play to Brentford. Played really well today, and it was a really, really good night tonight. And the next time B team play at Griffin Park or anywhere else, we should go down and have a look. Anyway, big game on Saturday. We got Brighton. We are going to talk to a Brighton fan because he knows all about Brighton now. Dave McMahon. And he's going to give us a vibe on exactly how Brighton have been doing this season. International week is over. It's back to the real business now, the football business. Brentford are down on the south coast. Hopefully the weather, the beautiful weather we've had the past few days is going to hold up. And there'll be droves of bees going down the coast to keep their fingers crossed that we can actually pluck three points out of the hands of Brighton and Old Albion. So, uh, as we know, Brighton lost in the playoffs, like we did the season before, but they're on their way back. They were highly touted to be one of the teams to go straight up this season. I've got no idea what's going on with Brighton, so we thought instead of me trying to make things up, we'll go to Dave McMahon, big Brighton fan, and he'll give us the SP of what's going down. Dave, how are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you, Billy. Yeah, you looking forward to the game on Saturday? I am. It's going to be my first game. I've uh, missed the first two because of work and holiday. So, oh, really? uh, and I, I met Brentford last. I uh, went to the Brentford game last year. It's really entertaining. Uh, good side to uh, to play against. So I'm looking forward to Saturday's match enormously. That's right. Well, so listen, Dave. Quick five five. I'm going to ask you some five quick five questions about Brentford, Brighton. See how you're going to do. You guys missed out on promotion on goal difference, and then you lost to Wednesday in the playoffs as well. That was a sore end to a good season, wasn't it? It was, yes. It was, uh, it was yet another good season. Uh, I think we actually uh, belied our pre-expectations. Uh, so our expectations were mid-table, to be honest. So uh, making the, uh, the playoffs, was uh, for me, was a positive. But it was so gut-wrenching to uh, not actually made automatic promotion last season. Yeah, and then you played Borough. I mean, Borough were a good side. I mean, there were two good sides that went up. I mean, do you really think 
you were good enough to go up last season? No, uh, in all honesty. Uh, I didn't think we were. I think we were still shy of a few goals. We didn't score enough. We didn't convert the draws into wins that we should have done. Uh, and I think we paid the price for that. And uh, I think we don't do playoffs very well. So having missed out on the uh, automatic promotion, I think most Brighton supporters would have been honest and said that uh, the playoffs were just another bridge too far. I mean, this season, I mean, we did a pre-season preview and we've got the big actor Ralph Brown, who's a big fan of the old old school Camberwell character. He's done a lot of stuff since then, so we're not going to label with that one. Big Brighton fan, though, but he predicted that you were going to finish number one this season. You're not necessarily off to a flying start, are you? I mean, have you got a bit of a hangover from those playoffs? But I think, to be honest, yes, we have had a, a we've got a hangover. I think we've also had some unsettling uh, transfers with Dale Stevens, who's a key, key player. Uh, who the Albion turned down numerous bids from Burnley. He wanted to go. I think that's unsettled the team. But I think we've uh, just couldn't quite... We still can't get over the the fact that we've missed out on promotion last year. was so near yet so far. It wasn't as if we finished in fourth or fifth, 12 points behind the uh, the top two. We actually missed out on goal difference. Um, and I think that's really unsettled the side. And uh, having to pick themselves off the floor... And go for it again is extremely hard thing to do for any side. I think. I'm looking at it. Okay, not be funny, but you've got a, you've got a good squad and a good high profile squad as well. Players like Anthony Knockhart, you've got Lewis Dunk, who just signed another five year contract for you. You've got Glenn Murray, who bangs in the goals. He's come back to you as well. You've got Oliver Norwood, who's played at the Euros. Um, you know, you've got a good high profile, but we've got a slightly more lower profile squad than that. You know, I think a lot of your fans would look at our players and go, who the hell are they? You've got people like yeah. Maxine Collin, Nico Yanaris, Harley Dean, you know, Ryan Woods. We've got Scott Hogan as well, as well, who scores goals for us, but you'd be thinking, who is he? And also, we've got the Crystal Palace fan who we've just pulled in as Silly Kai Kai. Now, what's interesting is that we both, a lot of people don't know this, use a similar way to find our players because both your owner, Tony Bloom, and our owner, Matt Benham, both were business partners together, and they've both got a sort of betting consultancy which uses stats to find, basically, players from unknown places. So I'm just wondering, what do you reckon between the two about the matchup? Because you seem to be a couple of steps ahead of us in that game at the moment. How do you think they're going to pan out on the day? Uh, you're right. I think we do have uh, more high-profile players that can work against you. You've got players who are quietly sitting under the radar, uh, capable of doing a job on the day, getting on with the day-to-day life and uh, putting the performance in, um, whereas the expectation is uh, somewhat higher with the Hawks, uh Glenn Murray, who uh, obviously went off to Palace and then came back via Bournemouth. So we've, we've got high expectations on those players because they were Premier League, uh, done it before in Europe, etc., whereas a lot of your players don't have that. Look at me, uh, I'm a you know an ex-Premier League player, international, etc., etc., so I don't wear the tag that um, these players, because they play for their respective countries, are only better than some of the players who are quietly playing their trade. You've got some very, very good young players. I think we've got some players who are uh, probably a little bit older than I'd expect to be playing at this level. But um, the, the experience versus the young, eager, um, can run around like this chicken for 90 minutes. So I would say that uh, I prefer some of these players to be quietly under the radar such as Brentford. All right, so I mean, so you, you sound like you're a little bit nervous with the bees coming down on Saturday. Do you think it could be a bit of a surprise result? I am. I think uh, you're going to win. I think you're going to win two one. 
Um, <clears throat> I say that because it's, uh, the weather's expected to be very, very wet on Saturday. We don't really uh, do very well. We tend, we tend to be a team that uh, prefers nice dry pitch, uh, slick, so we can get our passing game together. Uh, we can uh, play people off the park. However, when it's wet, we can't put our normal game in. And I think we've got players who tend to be a little bit prone to younger players having a go at them. Uh, so a few attackers... Uh, then that does unsettle us. It's where teams tend to come back. We tend to pick apart. Um, I'm predicting that we're going to actually lose, which is strange because I have predicted Brighton to win the championship in the other little uh, prediction competitions I uh, enter with uh, ex-colleagues, some other friends, etc., uh, who support other teams. Um, I think on this occasion you're going to win, and I think you're going to win 2-1. All right, Dave. Listen, I mean, all I can say is I hope your prediction comes through. But never mind. All I'm saying is I'm, I'm putting together a little beer guide for Brentford fans. I don't normally do an away guide, uh, beer guide, but because Brian has got about 3,000 pubs in about sort of one square mile, I thought yep. it would be rude not to at least throw a few of them down on paper. So you can check that on besotted.co.uk as well. That will be out there as well for all the Brentford fans to know where they can drink and have a bit of a laugh. But I'll hopefully catch up with you on Saturday. We'll have a beer before the game, and we can discuss the fact that you think they're going to lose, and uh, hopefully... I could buy you a beer and uh, commiserate even before the game, mate. <laughs> I look forward to it. That's great, buddy. I appreciate the, uh, the buying of a pint. It's more than the mates do. Brighton. We're off to Brighton on Saturday. And interestingly, because just listening to Dave McMahon there, he wasn't overly confident that Brighton are going to get a result on Saturday, which makes me feel kind of happy, but also makes me a little bit nervous because sometimes, you know, you err on the negativity. So when you get a result, you feel elated. Brighton, to be fair, they're a good side. They've actually always been a good side. Even the the season when we went to the playoffs, remember we played Brighton that first, probably the first month, month and a bit, September it was, and they came down to us and we beat them. But I thought they played really good football and Brighton said to us, you're playing wicked football, you're a playoff side. And I laughed at them and said, yeah, right, right, whatever. And I said to them, you play really good football, we just beat you, you know, whatever. But they play great football. Obviously, they've managed to sort of up the levels from that season on. Last season, they almost got the playoffs. And this season, they started all right. Now, they play good football and they're not necessarily flying, but they're still there or thereabouts. Brighton, we're going down there. I mean, I'm leaving, well, I'm actually leaving Friday lunchtime to get down there because I'm so excited I want to make sure I make the kickoff. Um, Laney, Brighton. Um, Brighton, I'm slightly scarred from what happened to us last season, if I'm honest with you. Um, but let's not forget we won there the year before. What happened last season? We got spanked on the telly 3-0 um, and it was probably the lowest point of last season in terms of performance. We, we, were, we were woeful. Worse than Burnley? Possibly. Um, yeah, no, I think we were. We've been the second half against Burnley. Worse than Sheffield Wednesday? Poss- possibly. But it was, it was a low point. And, um, worse than QPR? Maybe not worse. You're yeah, saying there's a proper, proper lot of low points of that part of the year, wasn't it? It, it was a low point. It was yeah. a low point. It was one worse than the Rotherham? It was low. Yeah, it was low. Anyway, it's getting, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, so, We've been there twice in the last two years and we've had very mixed fortunes. So we can win there and we can, if we don't turn up and we don't play right, we can lose heavily there. Um, we will go and we will put a decent decent performance in, I think. 
Um, and I, I, I'm, I, I'm expecting a draw this time, if I'm honest with you. I, I think Brighton, uh, not spluttering, but they, they've had mixed results. We've had a mixed start as well. Um, I, I think I, I, I'm hopeful that Hogan can get a goal. Um, he, I think he, he's one that's he's put a lot of effort in in the early part of the season with little, with little reward, to be honest. I know he's got one goal, um, but he's been making some really intelligent runs. And I think the, the players uh, and, and Dean Smith will go there with a very positive outlook. And I, and I think they can go there expecting to do quite well. So what did you say the score was going to be? I think it's going to be a one-all draw. A one-all draw. And I'm just sorry, so we're talking about scores, actually, going back to last week. And I know we haven't got all the characters here, but um, if I remember right, there's a couple of characters that actually predicted a, a one-all draw last week against... Um, who did we play last week? Or the week before? Oh, so long ago. Oh, Sheffield Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, there we go. We're going to come to you in a minute as well. I think that Allard might have won as well. So, like, you know, everyone, you'd start to rival me on the points scale. Right so, the Liberal Nick, what are you saying? Well, I mean... First of all, you got the one-all. Is that what you're saying, first of all? First of all, I got the one-all. So, you know, so I'm up there at the top of the table. So your lack of loyalty actually got some points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, being honest and truthful and prepared to say things how they are. Um, I think the good thing for us on Saturday is Sam Baldock's out for Brighton because um, he's a dangerous player and he and I think he, he will be missed by Brighton. Just to slightly contradict Dave um, or correct Dave... Um, Brighton actually had a very good start to the season. The, the last game they lost was uh, to New. Their, their last game was to Newcastle away at Newcastle, which they lost two 0 But they'd won all their games before that. So, well, you know, well, I, you know. But there you go. Anyway, 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 anyway. I think I think they are one of the favourites um, for at least a top six finish. They're my favourite. I think they'll. I think they're probably. Um, one of the automatic promotion places. Uh, my prediction scored. I think we will. I'm afraid. I think we will lose two one. Oh, oh Jesus! I'm going to go over to the um, the B in the corner, the old Royal Oak B. Uh, I think we are going to come away from Brighton with a very, very, very well deserved nil nil draw. Oh, and, and why is that? I just think that uh, defensively. We st- we are beginning to recapture uh, in that second half against Sheffield Wednesday the spirit of the end of last season and, and the, the first half of performance against Wednesday was just, it could only have been a blot it can only have been it was so bad it can only have been that we just we just dropped way too far off them the, their mindset couldn't have been right there was something clearly not right with the performance against Wednesday and so I'm going to go for that international break where we get it right like we did last season and get back to the the most important thing which is keep a clean sheet and if we keep a clean sheet at the moment I don't think we're going to be ready to score goals so I think we'll probably keep a clean sheet at the other end as well so nil-nil there keep Knockhart out of the game and I'll be very very happy with a point down at Brighton for me, again, okay, uh, 1-0 to the Bs. I think we're going to nick it. I think the defence, I think you're right there. But I think we're actually going to nick it from them lot because they're a little bit scared of the Mighty Mighty Bs. We're going to come down there. And also, we have to remember the fact that Sully Kai Kai, who's playing for us, and he's going to play on the wing, is actually a Crystal Palace fan. And Crystal Palace and Brighton, they hate each other. And, uh, 
I don't care. If he comes on for three minutes and he'll score anyway because he hates Brighton. So he's going to score a goal against them and we're going to be going absolutely, completely and utterly bonkers. So I can feel that. And you can tell I'm getting ready for my train that's going to be leaving about four or five hours to Brighton, but yeah, which is all good. So listen... I'm quite happy that. But listen, we've got to think forward a little bit as well because this is the double game week as well. We've got what is potentially one of our biggest games of the season. Unfortunately, they put the game on a Wednesday or a Tuesday night. became a Wednesday night. A lot of people booked their holiday off and they can't book it off again, which is a bit of a shame. Still hasn't stopped us from selling 1,700. We'll probably sell 2,000 or just over 2,000 tickets to go to Villa, Aston Villa, on Wednesday night. Now, this is, I mean, again, we're going up there at lunchtime, you know what I'm saying, and coming back on the coaches afterwards, which is what you've got to do, staying in Birmingham all afternoon, having a bit of a laugh, probably talking to a few cocktails, won't we? You know, as we normally do when we go to Birmingham. Well, that's the, well, last time we did, we lost there, but, you know, you never know, we've got to turn that one around. But Aston Villa, this one is... It's an exciting game for us because it's almost like that's a, that is a game from a Premier team, League team, just like when Fulham came down, that we could or should win, isn't it? I've got a confession to make. Oh, no. I will not be at Villa on Wednesday. It's, oh, loyal. It's my 25th wedding anniversary. Uh, the bringer! I, 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 reckon, I reckon I wouldn't have a 26th. If I said, do you fancy a night in Birmingham for our 25th wedding anniversary? It's a great, it's a great place, Birmingham. Uh, compared with Berlin, where we're going, I think there's no comparison. So. Take to the boring. <laughs> so. So. Actually, can we. Right, we're going to move on. Lainey. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think Villa. Apart from the Liberal, I think Villa is the, the the go-to game this season for a lot of Brentford fans. We've we've not played Aston Villa in pretty much all of our lifetimes. I think I think there's no one here that's has, has seen a Brentford Villa match. I think it was like it was the fifties was the last time we played. I think um, it was like the team with Dennis Heath and Jimmy Hill and that that, that, that kind of era team that played there under 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 the first Bill Dodging probably. Um, so, uh, it, it, I think I think there will be an amazing atmosphere there. I, we, we've we've done those kind of games before, where Brentford turn up en masse in in a in a properly boozed up rowdy mood, and we will have a sing song and a knees up in Birmingham. And I'm really looking forward to it. I think Aston Villa might be too strong for us. They spent some stupid money this year, uh, but. I, I, I think I think it, it could uh, equally it could be a very famous night in our history. Score prediction? Um, my heart is telling me we're going to lose. Forget the heart. Oh, win three one. Excellent. <laughs> can you do a sorry? Can you do a score for a Liberal Nick as well? Because he's not allowed to talk on this one anymore. Because uh, he's, he's he's already in Berlin. Oh, he'll say that they're going to lose four nil. That's good, right? That's, that's what I thought as well. Um, the, the 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 Royal Oak Bay. Go on. Uh, I. I, I... I should be missing three games on the bounce, which is home and away. And um, but the one game I am tempted to kind of kick that trend is Villa away. Um, good reasons for, the, for missing the Preston game. I'm, I'm on a, a, a big bees uh, uh, stag week, stag weekend in Magaluf, so we're going to miss that game. Twenty-one of us. You know who you are. See you next Thursday. And uh, Villa, yeah, exactly. And uh, Villa, I just I don't know. I'm 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 looking forward to it, and then I'm got trepidation. Uh, Khadijah and McCormick. Forget them. Forget them. Just just get them. Yeah, you know, and Grealish, and you know, can we keep them quiet? Well, I think we can, and uh, 
I'm going to go for uh, a massive Brentford one Villa nil away victory. And uh, for me, one nil to Brentford. We're going to go down there. They ain't going to know what's going to hit them because at the end of the day, they're still struggling and reeling from coming down. And uh, come on, you bees. Come on, you bees. Nick's trying to speak here, but I'm not sure whether or not we should actually... Do you think we should actually give him a... Funny, I've, a got, I've got a big big business meeting at Aston Villa tomorrow, and um, I'm going to give it to him plenty tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, sorry, huh? But it, because I won't be there... It is almost guaranteed that Brentford will have one of those famous victories. It will be a 4-0 Brentford victory. Oh, right. So you, you, you dictate what happens on the pitch? Because I won't be there, it will be one of those nights to remember that everybody will remember and be talking about on a podcast in 20 years' time. And I will say I wasn't there. Okay. We'll all this time next week. Yes. <laughs> so listen, uh, look, listen, right... This is the end of the week. We, we didn't have much to talk about, but we still ended up talking about quite a lot. Uh, Besides Pride of West London podcast, I want to thank very much the Lord Nelson, which is an old school booze that used to drink in. We'd be coming there every now and again. We're coming there quite a lot, actually, which is wicked. And we always you know, tell away fans to come in here on their little pub crawl all the way down from the station and stuff like that. They've been really good tonight. They've come up, they've sorted us drinks, they've sorted us out because we can get to the bar and served us, so they've been lovely. So if you're in the area, just come down to the Nelson because it's wicked and Rich is behind the bar and he's a good geezer and barmaids and the bar guys behind the bar are excellent people. So must do that as well. And uh, Brentford, like I said, great result today against Liverpool. Two all and they won on penalties. We should have won it really, but it doesn't really matter. It's about how the team's played and there's a lot of potential out there. We think we're looking very excited. Besotted Pride of West London podcast. Check out besotted.co.uk. I'm actually meant to be writing up a pub guide for Brighton, which I haven't really started yet, and it's about 11 o'clock at night, and it's meant to be out tomorrow morning. So I'm going to have to keep my fingers crossed that that actually comes out. So um, that's the score. It's on besotted.co.uk. It'll tell you where to go. There's lots of other different places, not only near the station. There's pubs near the ground. There's this, the Swan, I think it is, near the ground, which is 10 minutes from the ground. Then Lewis. There's a whole load of pubs in Lewis as well, which are meant to be really wicked. But listen, it's been a great night tonight. Check with the characters and uh, audioboom.com. Just check us out. Subscribe to us. Please subscribe and also just write a comment. Just say, look, we love Besotted. They're brilliant on iTunes. Just say it because apparently you go up in the ratings or something like that and people listen to us more and, you know, give us lots of love. But besotted.co.uk, we want to say is that we come to the B team play. We played Liverpool. Liverpool didn't know what was happening. Oh, Laney wants to say something. I think we all, before we go, we're all going to have a go at that guy's name again. So, Chatsi Theodoridis. Chatsi Theodore Ris. Ilias Chatsi Theodoridis. Okay, and I haven't practiced this. Ilias Chatsid Theodorus Didis. I've tried my best, anyway. But anyway, as we say, we're going to be playing. As we say, come on, you bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.